stay up to date and engage with the financial world. You're listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. By this point, almost everybody who follows the stock market has heard of the hydrogen truck company Nikola. It was one of the first beneficiaries of the pandemic-era SPAC craze, with its share price increasing more than sixfold after their listing on the Nasdaq. Led by its visionary founder Trevor Milton, Nikola promised to revolutionize the semi-truck industry by making the first-ever viable hydrogen-powered truck. However, it turns out that their prototype wasn't powered by hydrogen, it was powered by gravity. An investigation by short-selling firm Hindenburg Research found that one of Nikola's promo videos purporting to show a working truck was actually just the truck rolling down a hill with the camera angle tilted to make it look flat. Trevor Milton also claimed that Nikola had developed the Badger pickup truck from the ground up, and it was a fully functioning car. In reality, the prototypes were built upon the chassis of Ford F-150s. Finally, he claimed that Nikola had found a way to produce hydrogen for just $4 per kilogram. Again, this was a complete lie. The company had never produced any hydrogen and were instead buying it from commercial suppliers for $16 per kilogram. When these alleged lies were exposed, Nikola's share price started falling like a rock. Milton was charged with securities fraud and now faces the prospect of up to 25 years in prison. After being exposed as a near-total fraud, you'd probably expect that Nikola would go bankrupt and be relegated into the trash heap of history. But shockingly, the company is still alive today. While its current share price of $6.38 is well below the initial SPAC price of $10, it has actually outperformed the broader SPAC market over the past year. The company is still valued at more than $2 billion, and they still employ close to 1,000 workers. In just this past May, they managed to raise $200 million from a hedge fund. So what happened? Did Nikola manage to turn things around? Or is this all just smoke and mirrors? When Hindenburg released their Nikola short report in September of 2021, the House of Cards quickly came crumbling down. Trevor Milton had no way to explain the fraud allegations and stepped down as chairman within two weeks. General Motors pulled out of their partnership with the company, and they canceled their much-hyped Badger pickup truck. While much of their supposed technology was non-existent, Nikola was a real company. They had hundreds of employees and were building a production factory in Arizona. Despite the fraud allegations, the European truck maker Ivico continued their partnership with Nikola to build a new factory in Germany. After Milton stepped down, CEO Mark Russell continued to press ahead with development and production of the company's electric and hydrogen-powered trucks. In 2017, the Nikola truck rolling down the hill was fake, but by 2021, they had real working prototypes for both the battery electric and hydrogen-powered trucks. These are real trucks that can drive and carry cargo. They have three semi-trucks in the works one battery electric truck which became commercially available in 2021, and two hydrogen fuel cell trucks which they plan to be commercially available in 2023 and 2024. In February of 2022, they delivered two prototype hydrogen trucks to Anheuser-Busch, which has already started using them to deliver beer in Southern California. In December of 2021, they delivered their first battery electric trucks to a trucking company in California. They expect to deliver 300 to 500 electric trucks in 2022 and begin large-scale deliveries of hydrogen trucks in 2023. It might appear that Nikola managed to snatch victory from the claws of defeat and that they're now on track to revolutionize the logistics industry with zero-emission hydrogen trucks. But it's not that simple. There's nothing particularly impressive about building an electric truck. The first electric trucks were built in the 1920s by a company called Autovan. But surely hydrogen trucks are cutting-edge technology, right? Wrong. In 1966, General Motors unveiled its Electrovan, the first ever hydrogen fuel cell truck. 
The reason we don't see electric and hydrogen trucks on the road today isn't because the technology doesn't exist. It's because they're not even close to being commercially viable. In 2021, MIT published a study which compares the total cost of ownership of internal combustion engines, or ICE semi-trucks, versus battery electric and hydrogen fuel cell trucks. The study finds that the total cost of ownership of a hydrogen truck is 39% higher than an internal combustion engine, or ICE truck. This adds up to $864,000 over a 15-year lifespan. Of course, a lot of assumptions went into this calculation. There are three main drivers of the difference. Firstly, hydrogen fuel is far more expensive than diesel. Over the course of 15 years, you'll pay $300,000 more for fuel costs with a hydrogen car. Secondly, insurance will be more expensive. Hydrogen trucks are newer technologies and likely have a greater chance of unforeseen problems. If anything, this might be a conservative estimate for a Nikola truck. If I were an insurance company, I wouldn't touch a Nikola truck with a 10-foot pole given their history. And finally, they assume a hydrogen truck will cost $300,000 more than an ICE truck. Most trucking companies take out loans to pay for their trucks. Assuming a 7% interest rate, they'll pay an additional $194,000 of interest expense over the 15-year lifespan. For the hydrogen truck to make any economic sense, you need to make up for the $846,000 difference. The only thing that Nikola has direct control over is the price of the truck. Let's say they reduce the price to zero and give the truck away for free. The customer now saves $150,000, as that's the price they would have to pay to buy an ICE truck. They also save $97,000 in interest expense. However, this is not enough to cover the high cost of hydrogen fuel, and the customer is still $123,000 worse off. To make the transaction economically viable, Nikola would have to pay a customer $123,000 to take the truck off their hands. Clearly, this is no way to run a business. For battery electric trucks, the numbers aren't quite as bad. Their total cost of ownership is about $300,000 less than hydrogen trucks, but still more than $500,000 greater than ICE trucks. The only way to make hydrogen trucks viable is to drastically reduce the cost of hydrogen fuel. Hydrogen fuel is created by running electricity through water to separate the hydrogen atoms from the oxygen atoms. The problem is that this requires a lot of electricity, making it far more expensive than fossil fuels. Trevor Milton originally claimed that Nikola had found a way to produce hydrogen fuel for less than half the prevailing market price. This was the major selling point to investors. Unfortunately, it was a complete lie. Nikola doesn't have this type of magical technology. If hydrogen and electric trucks are so much more expensive than diesel trucks, why have any customers agreed to purchase them? So far, their two main customers, Anheuser-Busch and Total Transportation Services, both bought the trucks to use in California. California has something called the Hybrid and Zero Emission Truck and Bus Voucher Incentive Program, or HVIP for short. Under the program, trucking companies can get up to a $120,000 subsidy whenever they buy an electric or hydrogen truck. Clearly, this is a huge incentive. According to the MIT study, electric trucks cost $500,000 more than ICE trucks over the 15-year life cycle. When you consider the $150,000 subsidy, plus the fact that California has higher diesel taxes than the national average, you can get pretty close to parity. But this gives Nikola very little room for negotiation on the price. According to media reports, the list price of their battery electric trucks is $270,000. This is likely subject to discount for customers that place large orders. While this might be barely cheap enough for California customers to buy it with the HVIP subsidies, it's probably not cost-competitive in other parts of the country. In 2023, Nikola will start mass production and deliveries of their hydrogen trucks. They already have working prototypes, so we can give them the benefit of the doubt that they'll be able to ramp up production over the next year. But as we've seen before, these trucks will not be commercially viable. 
Large corporations like Anheuser-Busch might be willing to buy a few as a PR stunt, but if they want to sell any meaningful volumes, they'll probably have to sell them at a loss. There are only two ways that hydrogen can become economically viable for semi-trucks. Firstly, there could be a miraculous technological breakthrough to reduce the cost of hydrogen production. Secondly, governments could give massive subsidies, far greater than they're giving today. The problem is, both of these solutions will take time, time that Nikola doesn't have. At its current rate, the company is burning through about $150 million per quarter in net losses. They themselves say that they won't be profitable until 2025. This past May, they raised $200 million from a hedge fund called Antera Capital LP. The capital raise came in the form of convertible notes. Convertible notes are bonds which can be converted into stock at some strike price. It's basically a bond plus a call option merged together in one security. After this capital raise, they had about $550 million of cash on hand. At the current rate of cash burn, this will be gone in one year. This begs the question, given what a precarious state Nikola is in right now, why would Antera Capital be willing to invest $200 million in their convertible notes? Hedge funds generally employ complicated trading strategies. When you see a hedge fund buying a stake in a company, you can't always take it at face value because there's often more going on behind the scenes. On Antera's website, they give an explanation of their strategies. They say that they seek alpha shorts and utilize trade structuring and hedging to mitigate risk. So what does this mean, and how could it be related to their purchase of Nikola's convertible bonds? Let's say hypothetically that Antera had shorted Nikola shares in the same quantity as they had exposure to it from their convertible bonds. They might have to wait a period of time before shorting the shares, but to my knowledge, it would be completely legal. Let me stress that this is purely speculation on my part. Hedge funds don't have to disclose their short positions, so we don't know that Antera did this. But given their stated strategies, it seems plausible. In this case, there are three possible scenarios. For this example, let's say you invest $1,000 into the convertible bonds. This can convert into 114 shares at the price of $8.74 per share. This is like a call option. At the same time, you short 114 shares at $6.66, which was Nikola's share price when Antera bought the convertible bonds. This yields you $760 of short sale proceeds. Let's say that Nikola doesn't do very well, but manages to barely avoid bankruptcy. Maybe the share price falls to $3. This is the best case scenario for the hypothetical hedge fund. They make $417 of profit on the short sale, plus they collect $320 of interest on the convertible bonds. Now let's say that Nikola goes bankrupt and the stock goes to zero. The hedge fund still makes a $760 profit on the short sale. However, they'll take a loss on the convertible bond. The convertible bond is senior to equity. Nikola's assets would be liquidated and they would recover some of the principal from the bankruptcy court. Let's hypothetically say they only get half their principal value, thereby incurring a $500 loss. The profit from the short sale will more than offset the losses from the bond. This scenario is not risk-free, as it's possible that Nikola's assets will be worthless by this point. But the losses won't be catastrophic, because they will make a significant profit from the short position. In the final scenario, let's suppose Trevor Milton has an epiphany in prison, and finds a way to make hydrogen for free. Nikola sells 10 million trucks, and share price goes to $1,000. The hedge fund waits until 2026, and converts its convertible bonds into stock at $8.74 per share. This limits the loss on the short position to just $237, regardless of how high Nikola's share price goes. Over the four years, they collect $320 of interest, which more than covers the short sale loss. As you can see, it's very difficult for a hypothetical hedge fund to lose money on this trade. I don't know if this is what Antera did. But the point is, just because a hedge fund was willing to lend Nikola $200 million doesn't necessarily mean that they think the company will do well. 
The more pressing issue for Nikola is the $150 million that they're losing every quarter. At the current rate, the $200 million that they raised from Antero will be gone in four months. Now that they have $200 million of debt on their balance sheet, new creditors will be very reluctant to lend them more money. So their only realistic option is to issue more shares. The problem is, if they want to issue new shares, they would need approval from the majority of their shareholders. At the company's annual shareholder meeting in June, they put forward a proposal to increase the authorized number of common shares from 600 million to 800 million. 48% of existing shares voted in favor of this proposal, 2% shy of the required 50%. Nikola is clearly in a desperate situation. By their own admission, they won't reach profitability until 2025, and even that seems optimistic. If they can't issue new shares, it's hard to see how they can make it for three more years before they run out of cash. CEO Mark Russell repeatedly posted YouTube videos, urging investors to vote in favor of the proposal. A significant number of Nikola's shares are owned by retail investors. If you're a small investor who owns a few hundred dollars of Nikola stock, you might not take the effort to follow what's going on very closely. So a lot of Nikola shareholders probably don't even know about the shareholder meeting. As of the time of recording this video, they had managed to secure 49.75% of the shares to vote yes. They'll probably get to 50% eventually. If the vote passes, they could issue about 230 million new shares. At the current price of $6, that would yield them about $1.5 billion. However, if they increase the share count too rapidly, it could send the price tanking. So it's unclear how much they will actually be able to raise. But regardless of how much money they raise, it doesn't change the fact that hydrogen is not yet a viable replacement for diesel. And until that changes, Nikola will be little more than a cash incinerator. You've been listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Don't miss a minute wherever you go. Wall Street Millennial, signing out.